Welcome to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the gentlemen nerds. The gentlemen nerds are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, popular culture. Be warned, there are the potential for many, many spoilers. If you like what you hear, you can visit our website, thegentlemennerds.com, or find us on iTunes. And now, enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Lobot Lounge. Enter if you dare and take a seat. Don't mind the candles and the jack-o'-lanterns and the skeletons and the spooky cats. It's Halloween here in the Lobot Lounge, and we welcome you to join us at the table as we discuss the state of Halloween 2019. Gathered here, moldy from their crypts, are Mark Finn. <laughs> Aaron the Arrive. And I am your host, the emotional touchstone, Joseph Fotinos. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the gentleman nerd. Uh, <laughs> it's that time. It is. Yeah. It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. My candy yeah. corn soul is is bubbling over. It's 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 Halloween, folks. It, it is not just a night. It is in fact a season. It is. Oh my God, no doubt. In, in fact, we we try to make it start earlier and earlier every single year. Uh, you know, by the time like September rolls around, we're like, is it Halloween yet? Can we start right. doing Halloween stuff? <laughs> It calls to mind uh, cooler temperatures and, 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 you know, gets dark quicker. And, and I don't know, there's a magic in the air. There's a snap to it. You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm trying to fight the urge to start quoting Bradbury. Although, why would I fight that? But, you know. know. Yes, yeah. yeah. No. But that's that's the idea, man. I mean, it's, it, is a, it is a time of year that we all kind of reflect. Uh, there's a lot of fun going on. But really, the purpose of it, as you well know, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about this before, is to reflect on mortalities and our lives and as humans and and the season because the season around us the world's dying it's becoming winter things are starting to fade and and that's that's the magic of halloween because it comes back every year we get it back every year so it's it's a, a perfect time to laugh in the face of death as it were so it loses its power to scare us and that's and it's, that's it's, we're been, here. it's been unseasonably hot too in oh. texas and so finally the cold front moved in uh which always whenever that happens it reminds me of of that scene in speaking of Ray Bradbury of uh, something wicked this way comes mm-hmm. when the train is arriving and yeah. and and the wind and the cold and the clouds all come rolling in. Yeah. Um, that is very much what I think of when I think of fall and Halloween. The yeah. the season arrives. It it, it 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 makes a grand entrance with cold mm-hmm. temperature and and yeah. dark skies and all that kind of stuff. And also yeah. my inner werewolf. That I've been keeping inside can now become my outer werewolf for at least a month, and it's wonderful. And his hair was perfect. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, very true. Very true. My, uh, we don't, we're not decorator people, me and my wife. But um, uh, Kathy sort of starts getting real antsy the last week in September. 
Uh, she's very adamant that no Halloween decorations go up before October 1st. But on October 1st, there is a flurry of activity. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, uh, we, we try to make the most of it whenever we can. And it's been uh, it's been nice. We haven't been able to decorate as much as we've liked these last couple of years. But uh, we're decorating a little bit each day. And, and of course, the nightly horror movie is accompanied with uh, a, a, a veritable army of wax candles just mm. lit like 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 a like a sting video you know <laughs> the house it's nice. you know what i mean it's just crazy yeah. uh the, nice. the i i really i'm surprised we haven't set off a fire alarm it's it's a it's astonishing so so the we, we're having we're having fun over here it sounds like you guys are too yeah, we, we tend to decorate the inside of our house in September. It becomes very Halloween-y in the house uh, because we're so tired of the hot and we need something to cool us off. So the blackout curtains go up and, and the Halloween stuff starts pouring out into the house. We don't put it outside. The Halloween tree does not appear unless until October 1 because uh, right. we want to give the neighbors a break. You know, come on. Sure. So, but the minute October one uh, hits, it spills out, and and the tree goes up, and and the gory graveyard, and and everything like that comes up, and it's, you know, the neighbors expect it, and they all, you know, here it comes, you know, so they walk by, <laughs> and they enjoy seeing what we're doing. So, uh, and, yeah, and folks, when when Joseph says they decorate, uh, he means they decorate. You know, he doesn't yeah. pull out, a, he doesn't put out a couple of plastic pumpkins you buy at Target, and uh, you know, a string of purple lights. No, sir. He turns his house, he transforms his house into a Halloween wonderland. Uh, um, and and if you do you post photos up anywhere, Joseph, on Twitter or Instagram uh, or anywhere? Because... Uh, Instagram, yeah, yeah. There, okay. I have some pictures on Instagram of what I'm doing. So, and every year, uh, you know, the Halloween tree is a tradition. Again, talking about Bradbury, but we we take um, uh, you know craft pumpkins that you can get at at uh, the hobby stores, and we carve them. Um, with a hot knife, a really hot knife, um, and, and we make different faces, and, and they're all hanging up in the tree, lit with flicker flame bulbs. So in in the dark, they all just kind of sit there in, in, in nice in that nice candle flicker that you can get from the inside of a of a jack o' lantern. So currently, we have twenty six of them up. Holy Go- shit. The goal is 31, um, and, and the pumpkins are, are, are hanging around, ready to be carved. And we, we get our friends to carve some, too, So we, and they sign the back of them so that we know which which one is which and, and that kind of thing. But eventually, there'll be 31 up there um, that we put up every year, and that's that's our Bradbury nod. because it's, 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 it, it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty. So are you? do they just look up uh, Joseph Fortinos on Instagram? Is that yes. how they find Okay. Yes, Joseph, yes. Joseph Otinos on Instagram, folks. Yeah. Check out the pictures; uh, they are epic. I wish that my house looked like that every Halloween. It uh, it looks like you got a present uh, on your Instagram feed, Joseph. There's it looks like there's a very large crate uh, <laughs> at the front of your house. How exciting! How Who exciting would send you it. such a large crate? That's, I know something from from some, from from uh, Arctic expedition. I can't wait to see what's that's lurking a, in that. That, that sounds wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's probably just full of old National Geographic's. You know, yeah, little yeah. just turn to dust when you touch them. Wait, did they publish National Geographic <laughs> way back in eighteen? 1837 because that's what it says on the crate. I really don't know. 
So my my uh, my brother and I are going to take turns crouching in that thing. Um, we're going to give the kids on Halloween night a bit of a of a, a creep show fun um, George Romero scare. Uh, we have recreated Fluffy in in the crate. We have a, a costume that we're going to. It's going to be the Fluffy brothers because we're going to take turns in there. He's got his the suit first suit. I've got my first suit. We'll swap out masks so we can you know like actually enjoy Halloween night and not just be sticking a box all night. But uh, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. The kids will enjoy it. Right? Still have to put the chains on it and, and the clasps, but we're gonna. It, it's open in the back, so we can we can get in and out, in and out pretty quick if we need to. Um, but some of it will be the scare will be from the box itself. Some of it will be from around the box. Like we'll rattle it and maybe you know bang it up and down, put our claws out through the opening, and then oh, jump yeah. out back around and get them from the other side. So it'll be a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminds. I saw a meme that reminded me uh, of of the box. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not a box, but this little girl is walking. She's dressed as some Disney princess. She's just walking up to a door on Halloween, and there is some freaky looking hooded goblin thing. And she stops and she looks at it, and then she does a big old spin like, nope, <laughs> and she just walks right away and like, ah, uh-uh, <laughs> that ain't happening. This is not worth a fun size Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's a good segue. <laughs> Speaking of the crate and Romero's creep show from the '80s, I do want to bring up that Shudder, our famous, our, our, our favorite streaming horror channel, uh, has recreated and brought back to life Creep Show uh, with uh, an episodic series with two tales uh, each episode, uh, helmed by the great Greg Nicotero of Walking Dead fame and, and countless other things. But his his little love child uh, is is a lot of fun. It is truly the most fun you'll have being scared. Um, they've already they've had three episodes so far, each one with two stories, uh, done in the style of EC Comics, complete with the frame shifts and the colors and, and that they did in the original. Uh, and the stories they're pulling from are, are some established short horror stories. Some of you may know, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. The effects, of course, the the mood. Um, highly recommended. Have you guys checked that out at all? Have you seen any I, of it? I got to see two episodes last night. I saw oh. the Ger- the German werewolf episode, mm. and then the episode with the, the the little geek that has the the bob creature, the, the finger. The, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's uh, that was written by our friend uh, David Schall, I believe. Yes, uh, and uh, I'm very excited to see um, the. The companion, uh, which is by Joe Lansdale and his yeah. uh, his uh, um, his daughter and son uh, Casey and Keith, uh, they've already done um, the. The, they they premiered with uh, St- a Stephen King short story, which right, gray matter, yeah, which is as it should be, I think. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, I think that they've hit the exactly right tone of the um, show. Yeah, yeah, it it is. It, it for me, every episode has been a lot of fun, but the second story of every episode has been my favorite. And yeah. not to say that the first story is, is bad. The first stories were fun, but the second story, I mean, in that's the house, of, the house of the head, uh, oh, the yeah. finger, and my favorite currently is the man in the suitcase, which is just it. it I love, I love that story. It's such a, yeah. a morality tale in the classic EC uh, comics vein. You know, where you're doing something and you know it's wrong, but you're getting something out of it. In the end, you have to make a decision, and the decision's made, and people are fighting, and there's consequences. It's, it's a brilliant little short story. And that's but. that's the one thing I did notice about it is that unlike uh, the uh, the the excellent series, by the way, that was on, oh, what was it uh, that it would start 
art with drops of blood would appear on the logo and had this great little sort of piano riff to it. I don't remember the name of it, but I love them. I mean, they, they, they did a great version of the black cat, uh, mm. uh, with, 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 Oh, with, masters uh, of horror. Yes. Masters oh of yeah. Horror. Okay. So, so unlike masters of horror, which has, um, a sort of a more serious kind of genuinely scary, uh, uh, it's more like, that's more like reading a horror anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is like reading the EC comics. It's, it, it has a, a, a sort of a different feel to it. They're creepy, they're fun, um, they're funny. Um, right. and so, so yeah, it, it has a different feel to it, which I really, I really like. Cause there's a yeah. lot of horror anthologies, but capturing that, that essence of the old EC horror stuff, mm. uh, that's, I think that's what really makes it stand out. Yeah. And, and, and they do a lot of nods to the original movie. There's, there's a lot of, of references. Adrian Barbeau popped up in the first episode. The Loved crate it. itself was there. Uh, the little ashtray um, from Father's Day is, is, is popping up from time to time as well, which I, which I kind of like. I think that the one thing that I'm, uh, if I had a criticism, which is, this isn't much of a criticism, but I keep waiting for the, oh my God, gross out. Uh, the ups and Pratt comeuppance of of that mm. last shot at Creep Show yeah. that they had not, not they haven't gotten there yet because that's a little harsh. <laughs> but I don't I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that that K and B doesn't let me down and they give me something that makes me go holy oh my god you know I want that reaction at least once. But right. the stories are very good. You know you know the original movie uh, is one of my favorites and, and it was and it was one of my favorites for years because. At the time, there wasn't anything else like it. You know, if you wanted a kind of a living EC comic, Creepshow was it. You know, right down to the you know the comic book transitions and yeah. the the wrapping framing sequence all, and all that, which of course wasn't really so much in the comics, but definitely uh, uh, was was uh, a hallmark of anthology movies and things like that. And then of course. Uh, we got Tales from the Crypt right on HBO mm-hmm. uh, for six seasons, and they adapted classic stories from the comics, mm-hmm. and 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 all with this varying levels of um, you know, some were some were more serious than others. Uh, they were all you know sort of uh, ghoulish fun rather than like let's really scare them, right. uh, and and so we we've gotten away from that. You know, uh, that sort of that sense of play. And so that's what I really like about this this uh, series. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like we're getting some of that play back. Anyways, yeah. that's what I think. I, yeah. I, that for me works. Yeah. yeah. Highly recommended, uh, folks. It's it, it's it is a lot of fun, and it, it, they do they do a really good job on that. I, you know, anytime I can see Jeffrey Combs running around dressed like a Nazi, I'm oh, I'm having yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, Jeffrey Combs. I, I, I'm telling you, that episode of Masters of Horror with him as Poe, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. black cat, is uh-huh. is brilliant. It's it's just wonderful. So you, know, you know, he does a one man show, uh, Nevermore. Uh, that is him as Poe. I have and heard. Yeah, he's touring it again uh, oh. in the country. Um, he's popping up. I, I follow him on Twitter, so he, he's been speaking about it. Uh, I, I've not seen it. My wife has. When he was here in Austin, she she and she has a signed poster by Jeffrey hanging up at our in our living room. He came more. to Austin with that show. Yes, yes, did he? Did. he? Okay, that sucks. I missed that. Jesus. Oh, I'm so. Bummed. I yeah. feel I feel yeah. your pain. I feel your pain. Oh god. I feel the same way because I'm just like, what? I think I think he might he might have done it as a part of Fantastic Fest at the Alamo. 
uh, I think. But yeah, she it, it, apparently it's amazing. It, it's that same level of oh my god, I want to see this as uh, tr- getting the opportunity to see Vincent Price do diversions and delights and and you know missing it and going no, you know right. Why would, why would you do that? Um, but yeah, yeah. So what else is out there this season that you guys have been enjoying? I know I, I've got a couple of things ready to go, but uh, we jumped on the creep show bit. Mark, what, what do you got? I have uh, we, we we last few years we've been doing this tradition where we try to watch a horror movie a night, mm-hmm. and and you know we've got so many that. We, that me and my wife Kathy enjoy. Uh, she's a real big fan of the the classic Universal movies, which is just music to my ears because you you, you know no one ever has to like. Ask. I wonder if Mark will want to watch The Wolfman again because the answer is always yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop talking and put it on. Right. So last year we were we basically started going in order in mm-hmm. chronological order through the Universal movies, and mm-hmm. we unfortunately didn't finish because of health reasons. So we're we're looking forward to picking that up again, and we're kind of meandering right now. Probably. But in between trying to get the our, our movie a day schedule up and running. Uh, I have discovered some documentaries on Amazon, uh, and one of the ones that the the one that kind of kicked it all off that I got real excited about was uh, something that just dropped called Halloween in a Box, mm. and it is a documentary uh, ostensibly about the the Ben Cooper uh, company. Uh, who was a? They were they were the makers of. If you were a kid in the '60s or '70s or even the '80s, mm-hmm. you remember the boxed Halloween costumes that was a plastic mask. Oh God, yes. Uh, and and a vinyl, you know, poncho style, <laughs> like a like a like a like an apron, you know. Those costumes. It was, you know, it always. As a kid, I always thought that because they were, they made a big deal about them being flame retardant, and and of course, as a kid, you know, that just was the funniest thing to me in the world, you know. Right. Uh, right. uh, So, but uh, but it's a really cool documentary uh, because they've got old. uh, people from the company that they that they interviewed uh, talking about the licensing deals that they got yeah. and yeah. Uh, and there's just tons of home movies and photos of of these kids wearing these costumes and it, you know and, and you can tell what a big because that was a big deal picking your Halloween costume out as a kid man that was just that was one of the great you didn't get a lot of choices. When you were eight yeah. years old, yeah. but you got to choose what monster you were going to be, or what superhero, or whatever. And so, uh, the documentary is a lot of fun. It's not scary, mm-hmm. but it, it, oh, and, and I they did a really interesting uh, thing where they sort of tied in the the Tylenol scare. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets into the Tylenol scare of the late seventies, early eighties, yeah. and and they. Sort of uh, make that analogous to the 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 threat of you know, and we've talked about how the urban myths of right. of the razor blades and the candy have been thoroughly debunked, but this but it it that new wave of that sort of yeah. anti Halloween paranoia rode in mm-hmm. on the Tylenol scare and and yeah. uh, to to a lot of people in the documentary, that's what torpedoed uh, costume sales. 
Mm. And uh, yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is interesting. Oh. I, I, and I know the Tylenol scare was linked to, but uh, Ronald Clark O'Brien, the infamous candy man of Pasadena, Texas, who poisoned his own son on Halloween night with pixie sticks uh, with cyanide to get the insurance money, is notoriously known as the man. Well, he was. He's a dead son of a bitch now. But yeah. he, he was notoriously known as the man who killed Halloween because he he started that that the idea that you know you have to check your treats, everyone, which is you know it's not real. Like you said, it's an urban myth but he, right. he 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 sort of did that but interesting i've never heard that the tylenol scare because it makes sense you know any kind of tampering with with you know things products that you trust right um you know would, would be because the, 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 the trick-or-treating thing as you all know folks is, is it's a neighborhood building warm wonderful tradition that that you know everyone every kid should participate in it, it yeah. it's no danger you go out and knock on your neighbor's doors they'll give you candy How, yeah. how's that bad you know and, and, and you and you get to know you know your neighbors anyways or if you don't you learn to know yeah. them yeah. it's a community building thing and mm-hmm. uh for all the scares and the and and the jumps and the and the spine tingling stuff uh mm-hmm. there's a community building uh uh component to halloween that i that i miss yeah right i, I really do you know uh so anyways the but the uh, that documentary of course will lead you to other great documentaries and i was very excited yeah. um to to see some of those uh i am going to go ahead and talk about uh american scary just very briefly uh it's a documentary that was done in 2006 and uh uh i met the director uh online uh through joseph uh john hudgens and um it's a documentary about horror hosts uh, and uh one of our uh, mutual acquaintances uh, is featured on the documentary uh professor anton griffin uh, who has some really astute things to say. Uh, in fact, I think Anton Griffin kind of slam dunks it uh, at, in places where some of the other horror hosts kind of meander. But uh, if, you were, if you were ever curious about that tradition and where that came from, uh, it's, uh, it's a really good documentary. And so it, either one of those, American Scary or uh, Halloween in a Box, will, will get you to the Amazon. Will people who watch this also watch this? Sure. And yeah. you can just disappear down a great rabbit hole <laughs> of, of wonderful uh, documentaries that line up with 50s horror or whatever your, your, your bag is. But I recommend Halloween in a Box. Uh, uh, for, and by for the way, of speaking of boxed costumes, uh, we are in Target the other night, and there's a, a young boy with his mother whining and complaining as he's walking up and down the embarrassment of riches that we now have as costumes for for young kids. Right. And he's like, I don't know, I don't want to. And I'm looking at these costumes thinking, you little shit, we used to have a fucking plastic poncho. <laughs> and a and a goofy ass mask in a box, and we were glad to have it. <laughs> that, that, that. Remember, Aaron. Remember, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Oh yes, that's right. Sorry, yes. uh, but I mean, seriously, you walk down uh, the aisle of Target on their mm-hmm. costuming section, and the costumes are astounding. Yeah. Astounding. Built, you, built in muscles and oh gosh, utility belts and pirate pirate costumes that look like something that, that Joseph would wear, you know, and and just vampire costumes and princess costumes and soldier costumes. And yeah. I'm just like, oh my lord. I think if I would if I was that age, 
walking down that aisle, I would have thought, no, this is it. Look at it doesn't get better than this, folks. Right. <laughs> I, they have it. They make those masks too. I've seen at Target, which again are affordable because you know it's Target masks, but they're like werewolf masks or animal masks, and their mouth moves. You know, like yes. you you, you yes. manipulate it, and and the, and the jawline opens up, and the and the and the lips curl up. I mean, you're like, are you kidding me with this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used yeah. to go and get brown grease paint and have to put it all over my face <laughs> and get those horrible plastic fangs and put them in, uh, you know, upside down, right? So they were on the bottom. Ooh, that's so right. You have a little underbite. That's right. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Back in my day. Right. Uh, well, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my my Ben Cooper masks that I'm hanging up on my wall right now. Um, I've got I've got a couple of the Frankenstein's, two different paint jobs, same same sculpt and mold, but the two different paint jobs, and I have a boxed Kairos um, as the mummy. Uh, oh yeah, from Ben Cooper, uh, and that's in my, my my display cabinet here. But uh, as as goofy as they were, uh, there is a happy nostalgia to holding one in your hand, and particularly the masks. The 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 vinyl coveralls were always disappointing to me, but the masks always thrilled me because I thought that they did a pretty good vacuum formed sculpt. Um, yes. uh, uh, you know, there's some detail there. There's you could see the wrinkles and the lines, and I mean, it's not just someone drawn. You know, a, a plain Jane Frankenstein. This Frankenstein's monster, the sculpt is is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. You know, it's a pity that it's a, a a cheap plastic mask with a string that always breaks that you'd wear. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that know, was that the, was then instantly covered with a, a sheen of sweat on the inside <laughs> because you have this pressed against your face the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but as as a monster kid, the 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 monster masks, the the their costumes, you know, were were always my favorite because because the Batman, you know, was weird and Spider Man didn't look right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 the Dracula was Dracula. The the right. Frankenstein was Frankenstein. You know, and so that yeah. uh, I, I I of of all that stuff, yeah. uh, the the vintage monster stuff is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and I was always a, a monster a, a costumer as well as a kid. Uh, I, I don't, I can't. Looking back in time, I, when I was a kid growing up, and Halloween's would come, I was always, "What am I going to be?" It was never, "I'm going to be a superhero," "I'm going to be an adventurer," "I'm going to be a hobo." I was, it was never. It always had to be, had to be a monster. Had to be oh, yeah. scared, you know. Oh, totally. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, in fact, was, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember if I ever dressed as anything other than a werewolf or a skull or a yeah. devil or I don't think so. Yeah. Mm-mm. Alan so. Ormsby, who was who's a, who, a filmmaker, who's responsible for uh, classics like uh, Death Dream and Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, uh, wrote the screenplay for the movie Popcorn. Uh, he's a filmmaker and a, and a special effects guy uh, who worked pretty prolifically in the, in the 70s. He he had a book, a scholastic book that came out uh, called Movie Monsters. Movie Monsters. Yeah, yeah it's the, I had it. Book. Loved it. I, I, I'm looking at it now. I still hold it right here in my hand. Uh, this, <laughs> it truly was one of the for formations of my childhood love of all things monster. Because he, yes. he explains how to do some pretty impressive makeups. I tried to do a brown bag, brown bag Frankenstein several times and, and as a kid with mixed results. But uh, it was his makeup book that inspired a lot of my costumes as a kid. And, and I've had the opportunity to thank Alan online uh, you know, and chatted with him for a bit. And, and it, so many people have that memory, that shared experience, Mark, that, that you just said yeah. uh, of, of having that book. So that was the book that, that – um, 
taught me how to do the skull makeup that I did one year for, for my Grim Reaper. And I'm a like a, I don't know, seven-year-old Grim Reaper, and I'm playing the part, man. I'm I'm solemn. I don't speak. I'm very grim. I'm grimmer than grim. I'm <laughs> I'm so I'm so into what I'm doing. A little seven-year-old death, you know? <laughs> and, and the face painting to me, the face painting was always the most effective. Like if I was gonna be, I remember I, I dressed up as a werewolf. I and you know, my mom said, here, let's just buy one of these plastic masks. I'm like, no, 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 no. I went and got <laughs> brown and black grease paint and and put it on my face and you know it's like i i think those are better ways to look like the monsters than just slapping you know as as well as they might have been sculpted slapping this mask on your face um i much prefer the skull that's you actually painting your face black and white and you know the devil face where you're painting your face red and you know i love those i love those and I like rubber masks too as a kid. I mean, the, the, I I did I think a couple of Ben Cooper years, but for the most part, it was either makeup or a actual latex mask, a, yeah. a, a Don right. Post, you know, that was that was pretty pretty spectacular stuff. If you yeah, no, that that's a that's a different costume. level. Once you yeah. once you start talking about the Don Post pullover latex mask, that's yeah. that's a whole different uh, 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 monster. I mean, <laughs> right. the, those were cool. Those were cool. Yeah. yeah, I may have shared this before, but one of my favorite Halloween memories as a kid, and inspired again by Alan's book, he had a picture in there of the Invisible Man, and I thought, that looks cool. I've seen the Invisible Man, but it never really impressed me that much, but there's a, there's a shot of him with Gloria Stewart, and he's got the smoking jacket with the checkered lapels, and he's bandaged, and he's got the goggles, and I went, that's what I'm going to do is for Halloween. Mom, make me this. So my mom made me a smoking jacket in the exact same pattern, with the black and white checkered lapels, oh and the, the wrap, you know. Awesome. I'm like nine or 10 and i did the bandages and i got the goggles and gloves i was resplendent man i was that was dr jack griffin the invisible man i you don't want me to take these off i mean i'm brilliant right and of course i went to the halloween costume contest and they're announcing me and the winner for the number the first prize is joseph otino's as the mummy in pajamas And I'm so indignant. I'm just like, no, I'm Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Of course, I'm bandaged, so I'm like, I'm so upset. Well, because you know that's that's that that's how they could understand that. You have told that before, but God, I love it's that funny. story. Oh, it's <laughs> funny. That one, that one, you know, that one is one of my favorite. And then the other story he tells about his son dressing as Mothra, oh. and somebody saying, and dressed as the beautiful butterfly. Oh, I'm Mothra, destroyer of cities. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm the destroyer of worlds. Like father, like father, like son. Right. Yeah. Uh, Halloween in a box. That's great. I, I will. I, I knew it was coming. I didn't realize it had dropped. I will check that out. Probably. Tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, cool. It's, it's yeah. Aaron, what you've been watching, man? Uh, well, I mean, other than Creep Show, because I wanted to sort of catch up on those, and of course, uh, uh, and I'll just mention this one briefly. But my lord, folks, once what we do in the shadows, the series, what we do in the shadows. If you have not seen the series, you are doing yourself a disservice. Sit down, binge them. They are hilarious. Uh, what a great idea! From the moment I saw the movie. 
I thought, oh, this is this is just brilliant. And now they've extended that brilliance into a series. Um, and the the characters, the, their new characters, not the same ones from the from the movie, uh, are, are are wonderful, brilliant. Joseph, in fact, is throwing a what we do in the shadows uh, themed party for Halloween. Yes. Uh, this, and, and I'm I'm sitting thinking, okay, uh, what kind of vampire am I? What era am I from? Uh, what what's my costume going to look like as I'm going through my closet of costume stuff? But uh, but so that one sort of in, in passing, you have to see, you have to see what we do in the shadows. But I saw a really good uh, movie recently that has, it's it's pretty much Lovecraft inspired. It's called Cold Skin. Ooh. And it is essentially a story of love and the deep ones. Uh, there's no other way to put it. A, a, a guy gets assigned to uh, an island where the lighthouse and this island is like a place where uh, British ships check in every now and then. And of course they have to maintain the lighthouse to to, to help the British navigate ships navigate and such, um, and he he's going to uh, replace the old lighthouse keeper that's there, uh, crazy kind of individual, and uh, he comes to discover that he the old uh, lighthouse keeper uh, is uh, holding or has captive a deep one, a a mermaid like deep one. Mm. Um, okay. And uh, and is is using her in incredibly inappropriate ways, oh. um, but it is it is uh, Ray Stevenson is the one that plays the old lighthouse keeper who I love I love Ray Stevenson he is a a, a wonderful character actor he was in Rome is what I first remember him from as Polo uh, he was of course um, uh, uh, Volstag in in the Thor movies. Um, but just a wonderful, wonderful actor and does such a great job. Yeah. Really small cast. It's basically Ray Stevenson and David Oakes of, of uh, Downton Abbey fame uh, and the, the Deep One. And that's it. Those are those are the three characters in this movie, and of course, lots and lots of other deep ones. Um, but it builds up so well. It's creepy. Uh, it's a statement on you know colonization and and indigenous populations and the the sort of the the dismissal of a culture that's not like yours. It does not. It doesn't end up quite the way you expect it to. Um, and I will say that the deep ones really aren't the villains in this. It's one of those kind of movies. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's well cold done. Skin. Cold skin. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. You can find it on Netflix now or maybe Amazon Prime. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but uh, absolutely worth it. It's on Shutter. Oh, there we go. Okay. okay. Yeah. There you go. It's on Shutter, folks. Uh, back, the, back to Shutter. We're living on Shutter. It, it's yes. Shutter's world. We're just living in it. It's yeah. absolutely true these days. It really is. It, it's fact, an amazing channel, man. There's a there's a new there's a movie called The Lighthouse done yeah. by the guy who did The Witch, okay. who has apparently similar uh, sort of uh, Shadow over Innsmouth kind of kind of vibe to it. Right. Um, um, wait. And our our, I, I, our listeners know I am a huge Lovecraft fan when it comes to the the themes and and the creatures and the world, the mythos. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see 
uh, the lighthouse, and uh, and I highly recommend Cold Skin. So that's that's a thing I saw not too too long ago. Nice, nice, very nice. Uh, just briefly jumping uh, uh, back in time to your mention of what we do in the shadows of the TV show. Um, if, if and again, people, if you haven't seen the, the TV series, it's it's excellent, but it does dwell in the same universe as the movie. Um, yes. it, in fact, some of the same characters appear, which is great. Yes. Um, yes. But it, it's the same universe, and it's the same. It's theme where a documentary crew is, is following uh, a house of vampires uh, only instead of being in New Zealand it's in Staten Island uh, right. and that that's pretty much all you need to know about it but it's it really is fun I love that they break the fourth wall from time to time and look directly at the camera and address the filmmakers that are there yeah. Yeah. You know, they go, what are you doing here? Or, or, you know, I'm so sorry that 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 he ate your sound recordist. Uh, and we apologize. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty rude. <laughs> well, and that's what half the time what makes it that one of the one of the familiars, a character named Guillermo, um, <laughs> is is sits there and, and he's sort of the he's sort of the long suffering, you know, oh, yes, master and follows his, them around and tries to be the best familiar he can. And of course, he's he's ignored like most familiars are. But, and, and it's his looks. It's something horrible happens to him and he just turns and looks at the camera <laughs> and, that's all, yes. and that's all it takes and then you just start laughing because he's looking at the camera like are, are you seeing this can you believe this shit right. <laughs> <laughs> so no so funny I, I, I got to the episode where they're they're having the tribunal of all the vampires mm -hmm. uh, that have been you know and they're all actors who have played vampires in vampire movies mm -hmm. but I love that they're named as their actors, they, right. they, they don't have weird vampire names. No, it's it's Tilda as who's Tilda Swinton. It's yeah. it's Danny Trejo, Danny. Yeah. It's, 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 you it's know? Paul, yeah, Paul yeah. Rubens. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good, folks. So yeah. good. Yeah, and and Wesley skyping in. <laughs> yes. yes. Can you give a back? You you need to upgrade your internet, Wesley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got move closer to the router, Holmes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god. Uh, so another thing that we've been uh, enjoying um, this Halloween season, you mentioned going into Target. Uh, it, I, we've talked about Mego action figures before, but I want to I want to harp on them again because uh, they've been knocking it out of the park with some of the sculpts and some of the licensing that they've gotten. Um, and, and boy, they've got monsters, man! If you want little monster toys, the Migos are fantastic. The the, the werewolf that they've done um, actually. Uh, inspired by a, lot, a really uh, obscure Lon Chaney movie um, called The Face of the Screaming Werewolf. I mean, they didn't get the Universal license. They went after that obscure thing. But it's Lon Chaney as a werewolf. So guess what? It's the Wolfman. You get a Wolfman figure without the licensing issues. Um, nice. They did a, a, they did a, a Pennywise from the um, It TV show, uh, the Tim Curry Pennywise, which is you know rooted with real hair, and he's got the costume, and it's it's a lot of fun. Their mummy is outstanding. They actually have a headless horseman uh, that they just released in the in the in the latest wave, perfect in wow. time for Halloween. Yeah, wow. uh, with a yeah. and I'm like, did they just cheap out on this and like go, hey, we don't have to put a head on this one because it's the headless horseman. <laughs> right. And surely, the, you know, there's no head, but they also packaged him with a, a jack o' lantern that he can either hold in his hand or pop onto his neck. Uh, right. For that look, it's it's outstanding. Um, but you can find Migos at Target. They they do have a licensing agreement to be released through Target, so they, they pop up there from time to time. And it's not just monster toys. You know, they have a license for for Kiss, the musical rock band, and and they've got um, uh, a TV shows and, and old and new. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's it really retro stuff, kids. Uh, if if you grew up in that era and you want to, you know, 
treat yourself uh pick up one of these Mego toys they're fully articulated real clothes just like you remember and, and boy i tell you i'm having a good time it's a lot of fun nice, nice. yeah i was yeah. just i was just looking uh one of the things that they did it kind of uh uh completes a circuit for me uh is their uh their freddy krueger oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, now I know you know about the Max FX uh, mm-hmm. Matchbox doll and that aborted uh, line, which would have been amazing. <laughs> um, uh, listeners, there was a, a toy company uh, called Matchbox that, of course, is best known for their diecast vehicles. But they're um, th- they tried uh, a late uh, in life. Uh, action figure line called Max FX and it was supposed to be uh Max FX was a was a special effects artist and stuntman that was the story of his of of the 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 doll you were buying <clears throat> and uh one of the things that he came with was a complete Freddy Krueger costume with a head that you clip on over his head, a two-piece head that snaps on over his head, um, hands, feet, a shirt, or the sweater, of course, in the mm-hmm. pants. And uh, and you turn him into the famous monster, Fred Krueger, and he runs around. And the, they were going to sell accessory packs, mm-hmm. which were going to be... It was, so basically, this was Captain Action for monster kids. <laughs> Instead yeah. of Captain Action being able to turn into the Green Hornet, Max FX could turn into Frankenstein, mm-hmm. classic Karloff Frankenstein, or an alien from Alien. The alien. And, oh, my God. I know. That looked amazing. That looks so good, right? Uh, and so at the last minute, I don't know I don't know the story of uh, who got cold feet, uh, but the whole line got basically pulled. Uh, the just, story goes, if I may, the, you they, may. they did. They did release the, the the Freddy Krueger one. That was the only one that they cr- they produced and released. Um, and parent groups got so upset that th- that's that literally killed the line. It's because it was a R-rated movie. Now, yeah, of course, there, there you go. Yeah, you know, if you look at it now, it's not a big deal. But back then, I mean, th- it was really one of the first Freddy Krueger toys that right. came out. And we're talking about a filthy child murderer from, you know, West Craven's and Nightmare on Elm Street. And so uh, parents parents got upset. And, you know, just like the alien, the, the Kenner alien. The Kenner alien, yeah. Spectacular toy ever. Uh, parents got upset. You know, how can my child be exposed to this? That kind of if thing. If I remember correctly, on the back of the packaging, mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel like I remember seeing that they show the picture of a kid playing with the toy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a 10 year old boy or a 12 year old boy. But uh, anyways, when I saw the Mego uh, nightmare, Elm Street, first of all, it's a better figure. Uh, the, the face is better and all that, but I literally had this sort of like quantum leap moment where right. I was like rushing back in time to like 1990 going, what is this thing? I must right. have it, you know, right. so, so fun. So yeah, I, it, I, I'm going to second the Migos. Um, they're, they're brilliant and it's so nice to see the licensing, uh, that, that they, they paid for the likenesses. Yeah. Uh, so y- y- it really does. It's two birds with one stone, you know, really? your classic Migo toys and frankly, better sculpts. Mm-hmm. Than yeah. than a lot of the classic uh, uh, toys. So I just I, 
they do a great job on, on all their all their sculpts. I, I'm a big fan, obviously, of the monster stuff, but and they get around some of it with, by by tweaking. Like the the Frankenstein is is a, is a definite Glenn Strange-ish kind of monster with his flat top head and his coat, and he's got the chains. But they left off the bolts on his neck, and because they left off the bolts on his neck, they could get away with it. <laughs> you yeah. know, Universal wasn't like hounding him to go, "Hey, I mean, it's obviously Frankenstein." You look at him, and you go, it's the monster. You're like, "It's obviously Frankenstein's monster." That's Jack Pierce's makeup. That's what that is. But oh no, don't have the bolts. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at Max Effects that they had a figure that looks like the Gill Man from Monster Squad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, was, oh, it, yeah. was that supposed to be the Gilman from Monster Squad, or was it just a, 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 this was a separate thing? Was I think it was like a swamp, swamp creature, you okay. know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't. The resemblance yeah. is uncanny. It looks yeah. a lot like the Gilman from Monster Squad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a great line. It would have been a great line. I mean, that's that's one of those toy lines that. Uh, uh, it, it's 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 a pity, you know, that that it didn't go anywhere. But uh, because yeah, it's it's it, it, the interchange, you know, would have been fun. And uh, and I I, I like the uh, the Dracula design that had wings too, a uh, bat wing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was a unique looking Dracula too. So that was a lot of fun. But the monster toys are are making are, are still there. I mean, they, I say making a comeback. They've always been there, folks. And you know, I I try to limit my collections to things that uh, give me joy. That's my new thing. I'm a recondoing things. Uh, I'm like, does this give me joy? Yes, it does. I'm, you know, I'm going to hang on to it. Or I'm going to get this. You know, yeah. uh, there there's some things I, that I leave hanging on the pegs just because I go, oh, that's really cool. But do I really need that? No, nah, I guess I don't. Uh, but there's certain things that I'm, I will snap up instantly. That the mummy that that they did. There's new mummy that they released. Oh my gosh, he's he's amazing. It's it's a you know, the same articulation me figure kind of thing wrapped with his bandages and the sculpt on the face is 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 pretty nightmarish it's it's nothing that you've seen before it's not an established mummy character but it's it is a living mummy and it's it's very impressive uh so yeah watch out for that excellent uh, yeah yeah big fun stuff so yeah movies tv shows i, I think uh, i i would be remiss if i didn't mention american horror story which is back on the air again um, unfortunately, American Horror Story has, has, in my opinion, um, gone down in quality over the years. Uh, each each season, we try, we go, let's watch it. Okay, let's give it a shot. And we watch the first couple episodes, and we're like, mm, just not feeling this. You know, they're they're really trying too hard. Or and, and this this year is themed in 1984, so doing a slasher uh, series. So, so far, it's all taking place in the same night, so it's like a multi episode. Uh, them running around in the woods. They brought in um, the real uh, Night Stalker, the Los Angeles seal killer, the Night Stalker. Uh, oh, wow. Richard, Richard Ramirez, yeah, he's he's popped up now. Played by the, an actor who played him before in American Horror Story Hotel, the year that they did Hotel. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the fun episodes of Hotel had the Devil's Night, the Halloween Devil's Night gathering where all these dead serial killers come together to have a dinner. And Ramirez was one of them. But it's the same actor playing. He looks remarkably like Richard Ramirez. So, they, you know, hey, if you've got a niche, fill it. Um, and then they've got a made-up killer called Mr. Jingles, uh, who's also there. So there's two killers running around this camp. Uh, and then there's there's some twists and turns where people are betraying each other, and you find out that some people aren't who they claim to be, and this whole thing was a setup. And but the problem that I've got with American Horror Story 
is that they're so derivative of other things, other sources, and they, they pass it off as homages. This is an homage to Halloween, or this is an homage to The Omen, or this is a... But it, it's just a lazy... It seems lazy to me. It seems like yeah. you, you just recreated the exact same thing, and you go, oh, that's an homage. Yeah, but is it? Because <laughs> I think you're just... <laughs> You're just borrowing and and slapping it up there and and trying to cram as much as you can into into a, you know each season. Um, they literally recreated Michael Myers' escape from Smith's Grove like exactly you know with people wandering at night in the rain and the, the station wagon and it was just like I get what you're doing but stop. <laughs> yeah. You know I don't know. I, I, we're still I'm. At this point, my wife has said, "Okay, you can watch it. I will. I will multitask and do other things, and you can have it on." <laughs> well, That's, and sometimes that works. You know, if you put something on in the background while you're mm-hmm. doing something else, right. eh, you know, sometimes you, if it sucks you in, you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Let me let me start looking at this." So, no, I understand, and I agree. By the way, with your assessment, um, there are some really good American Horror Story seasons, uh, and then there are less than stellar American <laughs> Horror. Uh, uh, seasons, but you know, it, it's a good series. It's a good solid horror series. Oh, it's, a would, style, would, it's a style. It's for sure. I would yeah. definitely, I would definitely uh, rank it as uh, B to B minus uh, overall. Uh, uh, if you average it all out, this yeah. is the, and this is the thing I want to say real quick about that. Um, uh, and this is not anything anybody's never heard before, but but we're not stupid, us fans. And I get that there is a younger generation that maybe doesn't have the knowledge that we have just by virtue of the fact that they haven't seen everything. But there's a difference between uh, an homage or uh, a, 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 or even an Easter egg and a swipe. Yeah. Uh, I am reminded of it. Uh, part two uh, – Without uh, going into too much detail, because I don't want to give anything away, uh, one of the characters says a very famous line from another movie that we all love very much, and he says it five seconds after you're thinking, oh, I wonder if they're doing this, and then you go, yes, and it confirms it, and it's awesome, because it is, and, and, it, and that, that little piece sort of informs the rest of the movie. Yeah, you know, like if you hadn't clued what this is, is yet now we're gonna we're gonna sort of uh, this is the big reveal, mm-hmm. and this is what we're really dealing with, and this is what Stephen King was trying to do, right? And and right. it's and it's it, it works really well, uh, and you don't have to know this other movie to get that. Uh, you can just enjoy it as it is, and and it plays fine and all that. Um, it's when when they think we're not paying attention, when 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 the idea is ah they won't notice, or if they will they won't care, we'll just say it's an homage. Right. You can. There's a contempt there that you can sometimes feel uh, that that they don't respect us as fans or viewers, and and that's always when I turn off. That right. is always when I go. You know what? I can find something else that maybe may not be as good, but tries harder. Right. 
Right. Or just go back and watch the original again. Or just um, go back and yeah. watch the original. Right. There's there's a, there's a certain level of pandering that that does raise my ire in in that moment. Again, no spoilers on this one, folks. But in that moment that Mark described, I it almost took me right out of the movie. I had I had a moment where I'm like, oh, you got to no, no. What did they? Oh, no, really? And then I thought about it and thought, wait a minute. These kids grew up in the 80s. Right. Unlike unlike the Stephen King book characters that grew up in the 60s or 50s and 60s. So if, if the creature is doing things purposely because it knows what gets under your skin, then absolutely that works. Yeah. Because that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. You know, or, or she, if you really want to, the, the truth of it. But it, that's what it's doing. It, it, it's, it's playing on those fears. So it's going to pull that reference out. And it's going to do it gleefully, and it's going to do it terrifyingly because, yeah. oh my God, that was horrifying. Well, you know? the, the, there was speculation about that. Yeah. We we're like, okay, so is the is the new it going to turn into Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. and and Jaws? <laughs> and you know, these are the things that that those kids would have grown up with. Right. And so that's what it would be turning into. It wouldn't be turning into Frankenstein's monster and the Wolfman and Dracula and, you know. So I was a does. teenage werewolf. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it does make sense. It makes perfect sense that it would turn into things that they were scared by when they were kids watching movies in the right. 80s. So, right. Yeah. Right. So I thought that was. And it was New Line Cinema. So they really probably could have done a Freddy Krueger reference. They, you yeah. Know, in fact, yeah. it wasn't. It was playing on the movie, uh, the movie right. house at one point. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was part, part five is showing, yeah. uh, or part four, of Dream Hunters is showing right. in in part one, and I I loved that. I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> exactly. I think I think that the 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 calculation there, and I agree with it, was that once once it turns into Freddy Krueger, it's no longer it. It's no longer an it movie. Sure. It's no longer that creature we're afraid of. Now it's just trying to be other scary things. Right. Uh, and so, so no, I think, I think, I think they played it exactly right. And I was not bothered by that scene yeah. that I was describing at all. I, 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 I liked both movies. It's still my least favorite uh, Stephen King book. <laughs> <laughs> For reasons we have discussed in past podcasts. Yes. Siege of the Nerds episode, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. I'm, I'm curious about their their new their uh, Salem's Lot uh, remake. Mm. I, I It's one of my favorite Stephen King books. Well, uh, and, I, and I'm a big fan of the TV movie. And so I, I'm actually rereading the book for Halloween. It's nice. good. I just start, I haven't I have not read it since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm literally going back and I mean like right away I'm I'm like oh I forgot about oh this is cool. So it's 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 been fun. I'm not very far along into it but I'll have it finished before Halloween so. Yeah, the thing you know I remember reading it and and liking it. And then uh was taking a class on vampires at the University of Texas. And somebody said, the professor said, well, you know, Stephen King uh, loves Dracula, was influenced by it, and Salem's Lot was his version of Dracula. And I went, no shit. And so I went back and reread it after, because I've read <laughs> Dracula many times. And I was like, oh, yes, okay, okay. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. It's my favorite uh, work by Stephen King. Um, and he just nails it. I mean, uh, Salem Slot is genuinely creepy and wonderful, uh, and I recommend that everybody read it. Uh, Fingers crossed that they get the adaptation. I, me too. Me too. I, I really, really hope they do it. But uh, but really quick, so, okay, another series. You, you folks must watch this. Um, it got recommended to me by several people, and I thought, eh, how scary could it be? And then I just started watching it. Marianne on mm. Netflix. Um 
holy cow, folks, this is really creepy. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, 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 I, I won't give too much away. It's it's a it's a famous French horror writer uh, is is forced to return to her hometown when a woman comes to one of her book sightings who is haunted um, by dreams that involve characters that she writes about. Ooh. So that's all. That's all I'll say. But the creep factor. Oh my God! It's it's Ooh. all in French, uh, and it is so good. I, I was watching it alone at night. All the lights turned off, and I haven't had to do this in years. I had to stop. I had to turn on the lights Ooh, and okay. go and go. Nope, I think I'm going to watch this tomorrow <laughs> in the in daytime. The, in the daytime, where it's safe. <laughs> That's nice. I like it. Yeah, I like it. That episodes, I like that. Marianne, it is really effective. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen seen anything that's that was that disturbing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Without it being too gory or anything like that, uh, there is some graphic stuff in it, uh, but just so well done. It's so yeah. well done. Uh, we we have been enjoying the new CBS series Evil. Um, which is uh, it, it, it's almost ex filish in its setup, where there's a investigator uh, hired by the Catholic Church that goes to investigate potential possessions and evil things and spirits and what have you, and they get they, and they bring on a skeptic, the the female who's the scientist, and it's very formulaic, but it's it works because they've been proving things not real, which I like. They've been actually going and and, and going, you know what, this isn't a possession at all, it's this. Or, you know, you're not a demon. It's this, you know, it seems all scary. But at the end, they go, nah, we, we pulled the mask off of you. And nice try, you know. Hmm. So it's oh. kind of refreshing. I, I was I was going into it hoping it wasn't going to be every every episode wasn't going to be this, oh, unexplainable supernatural thing. And they've been doing a really good job as, you know, of, of walking the line there. So it, it, it's fun. It's it's so a, sort, of a, like a, so sort of a modern day Scooby-Doo kind of a thing. It's, it's, like, it's more, more X-Files than Scooby-Doo, but yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, and I enjoyed the actor, and I can't remember his name, I'm sorry to say, uh, who played Luke Cage in the Netflix Luke Cage series. Mike Cole. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's the uh, he's the, the wannabe priest. He's training to be a priest, uh, but he's like the lead investigator. And Asif Manvi is his his tech guy. And uh, and then the female scientists are, are she's a lawyer actually but she's based on facts and science and, and research things like that. Uh, it's 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 a fun series. It's a fun series and and, and they haven't they haven't uh, jumped the shark or done anything stupid yet. So I, I'm what's, I, I what's going evil? evil evil evil. I've never heard of this show. I've got to yeah. watch it now. Yeah, I yeah, watch it. Watching it on CBS All Access right now, but I'm thinking you can get it just regular. I mean, it's on it's on regular network too, so uh, right. check it out. And, um, and I, all of and all of the creatures so far have ended up being oh no no look it's just Farmer Higgins. It's the not- main the main the main uh, uh, crux of their investigation. Both of the episodes has only been we only seen two episodes um, okay. so far have been disproven to be. You know, okay. the, the supernatural. Like, there one is a, a demon possession, and the other one is is a, is a miracle. Somebody rose from the dead in the hospital, and they're trying to figure out what happened. And, and they do; they figure it out, and they go, "Nope, it's this." You know. Um, but then there's all there's elements. Um, oh, what is his name? Who? Um, who from Lost? He uh, Michael Emerson uh, is in it as well, and he's playing a very creepy. Uh, uh, he's their opposition. He might be a demon. We're not sure. Because huh. he's, he's there, and he's—I I, love—I love the actor because he's so small and seemingly harmless, 
But well, then and that's, that's where my nasty. hope would go, right? My hope for a show like that would be that the first several episodes are, you're like, oh, I see, they're just debunking this stuff. And yeah. then, of course, the deeper and deeper you go into it, yes. then it's like, oh, wait a minute. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I, I wanted to uh, also mention, as we're running out of time here, but I wanted to bring this up because we just saw it recently, and, and I think it's worth discussing this Halloween season. I'm, of course, talking about the uh, Adams Family, the uh, new Adams Family animated uh, that's in theaters. Oh, yes. How is that? Um, I, I enjoyed it. it. They they crammed in elements from the 60s TV show, the movies, and the Charles Adams comics uh, drawings. They put it all in a big blender and, and okay. set, set it on puree and then and, and did it. Uh, and plus a, a heaping helping of the Broadway show uh, with the plot and, and Wednesday kind of being rebellious a bit, you know, and going against the, the Adam's grain. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't necessarily need to own it, which I guess speaks volumes for it. I don't like, oh, I must have this. I must watch it again and again. We were left going, that was fun. That was enjoyable. And the, my, my one complaint about it is that they made the Adams, and it's a cartoon and it's, it's geared towards families, they made the Adamses so out there as to be ignorant to things that they should know about. They're not they're not ignorant people. They're worldly people, but they act like well, I've never seen a balloon before. I mean, surely right. they've seen a balloon before, you know. Right. There's a level of let's 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 not dumb it down, but let's make them so out there that they live in this 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 world shut off from from the rest of anything. I mean, how did Gomez learn how to tie a tie? Apparently, he knows how to do that. How did he not know what a balloon is? You know what I'm saying? So I think that to, to take it to the extremes is fine, but that's just something that the 60s show did so well because they were normal people. They could walk down the street and I mean, they were a little odd, but they were mostly normal, except well, Arch, you know? I, I always got, and I think the the movies, especially the first one, uh, made it very clear that they were opting in on this. You know, like like uh, like they acknowledged that the kids had to go to school, but you know, the uh, the, the oddness of the family and the macabre uh, lifestyle that they led was was intentional and a choice and 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 it wasn't uh it wasn't that they didn't know about cars but the cars were a means to an end you mm -hmm. uh, i'm only in the car because that gets me home faster where i will be greeted by you know my undead seemingly undead manservant right so so um yeah i i think that um kind of like the grinch movie that they recently did right. uh there was an effort to to do everything and so by spreading i think i think it spreads itself a little too thin yeah and, but, and any by the way any modern or new adams uh family project is going to be compared sadly to the perfection of angelica houston and raul julia as morticia and gomez i mean there's right. no to me even yes. over even over the original tv series and i love the aston and, and i love those characters mm -hmm. it, it, it that's it the pinnacle stops it's the it stops at angelica houston and raul julia and and christina ricci you know it's like oh yeah that's it that's it christopher yeah. lloyd it ends right there and yeah. any it, other a, a version of it must be compared to that gold standard. And it, it's, a, it's a shame. I would have liked to have seen, you know, I, I so appreciate the, the Charles Adams cartoons. You know, they're just some of my favorite 
uh, pieces of cartooning and pop culture and and all of that. And uh, I I hate that Illumination has sort of made a reputation out of uh, we're going to be the dark and edgy company. But we're only going to show you the dark and edgy stuff in the trailers to get you to come see the movie, which is actually kind of warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, and that's there's, there's not to say that Despicable Me wasn't enjoyable, right. but the, the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be a lot more sort of deadpan – uh, right. shenanigans. Same thing with the with the Grinch movie, and I think Adam's family sort of uh, fits sort of in, along that arm, anyways. Uh, you're right. It, it is very cute, though. It is it's cute, cute. And, and I have no problem with any of it. I mean, my my gold standard, of course, will always be John Aston and Carolyn Jones, just because that's. I mean, they, they, they uh, Raul Julia and Angelica Houston were absolute perfection, but they fed off of the uh, of what the, what was created, the chemistry that was created from that that group, and it's all about family. I mean, that's the thing. About right. family, you protect your family, you love your family, no matter what and what and who they are, you accept them. You know, and that—that's the message that goes um, almost every Adams family uh, uh, product out there. It, it's about the strength of the family, and and this this yeah. this is no different. It, it really goes down those same lines. Yeah, um, and I, I, by the way, I think the reason I love the movie so much is because they brought as much as Wednesday was great in the TV yeah. series, and she was funny, and she did a lot of stuff with Lurch. I mean. Christina Ricci brought her to a whole different level. You know, right. it, now Wednesday became a fully fledged character who could who could carry a movie all on her own. True, um, true. And so that that that's what I'm talking about about the pinnacle. I mean, the base of that mountain is still yeah. the wonderful work of of, of Aston and and uh, uh, I forget the actress. What, what you just said, Carolyn Jones. Carolyn yeah, Jones. Yeah, absolutely. That's the base of that mountain. But at Do the you, top, are you familiar at all with the Broadway? Uh, Production. I've never seen it. Mm-mm. It's a Nathan um, uh, Nathan Lane was Gomez and uh, Baby Newworth was uh, Morticia. And, oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. Really good casting. Uh, very, very uh, keeping with the Charles Adams humor. The music is is pretty good. Uh, you know, there's some memorable tunes there. But the plot of it is that Wednesday, she's an adult now. I mean, she's like 18, 19 years old, and she falls in love with a guy who's so not Adams, right? He's milk toast and kind of nerdy, but normal, if you will. And so Wednesday's begging her family, you know, hey, they're he's bringing his parents over here. Can we have a one normal night, please, and and lose the basic black and let's kind of be a little bit more like your, and they're like, what are you talking about? You know, okay. And again, but they're worldly. They know. They understand. And they're willing to do for her. So she comes in wearing a yellow dress. And Gomez's first response was, oh, my God, you look like a crime scene. What are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's it's. The music is quite good, and and but again about love and family and acceptance and 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 you know I will I will do what I need to do to support you. I may not agree with you. I think that you're you're really off base here. Uh, there's a great duet that Wednesday has with her, uh, her her intended called "I'm Crazier Than You," where she's telling him, "Look, it's not going to work out. I'm not normal. I'm just not." And then he says, "Nah, you know what?" I'm not normal either. I'm crazier than you. So he's trying to prove to her, you know, that I can do this too. It's because how, how much I love you. I will. I'm willing to do this. So the, the the song ends with him putting an apple on his head and blindfolding her and giving her her crossbow and saying, "Do it. I'm, this is how crazy I am. Do it." Uh. You know. 
All yeah, right. it's very nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I recommend it actually. The, if you if you are into Broadway shows and you like it, some clips are available on YouTube if you want to go check it out and see see them perform uh, some of the songs. Uh, it's 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 good. It's a lot of what fun. What a what a what a perfect dismount. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, you guys, uh, man, have a have a safe and happy Halloween, everyone. Enjoy the season because it's a season, not just a holiday. It's a season. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. Uh, the Gentleman Nerds is a Cloak and Dagger production and was written by Aaron Diarive, Mark Finn, uh, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Fotinos. Uh, additional material provided by the great Ray Bradbury, because, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, the, we, we, uh, gosh, who else helped us out with this episode? Because I, I, I'm losing it here. Well, um, you know, since we talked about the Adams Family so much, uh, let's, yeah. let's go ahead and credit uh, the, the creator of the Adams Family. Ah, Charles uh, Adams. Yeah. yeah, Charles Adams. We uh, had uh, uh, our our web host is Rustics Interactive. I know that, right? Uh, or is it anymore? No, no not anymore. It's no. Not, not anymore. No. no, no. no. <laughs> uh, okay. We, folks, in, in case you wonder what the hell's going on now, uh, ordinarily I'd be doing a credit roll, but uh, we had some computer issues, and my credits are gone, and my memory isn't good. But I want to thank everyone who helped us put this together. You know who you are. <laughs> oh, our our intentional producer and sound editor. Ah, thank you. Yes, uh, who yes. is also our musical director. That is true. Absolutely. Wildly talented Ben Gibbs. Love that guy. Wildly that guy. talented. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I want to mention also, uh, since this is something that uh, we're going to be discussing uh, pretty soon, and you may be seen up on Gentleman Nerds, uh, but uh, Gentleman Nerds is going to do a, a little affiliate podcast uh, called The Gaming Nerds, mm. um, where we will be waxing uh, poetic and philosophical about all things tabletop role-playing. Uh, vintage classic games, modern stuff, trends, uh, favorite campaigns, uh, approaches to uh, running games, GMing tips, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so be looking for that. that. That should be coming in the near future. If you are at all interested in role-playing games, uh, then you might, might want to tune in to uh, the Gaming Nerds. Yeah. It's going to be dodecarific. It is. I would say, I, I roll a 20 on that one. That's that, I'm in. Saving throw versus love. Fail. All right. Let's see. What else? Oh, um, uh, Dracula was played by Bella Lugosi. Uh, yes. Boris Karloff plays the monster, and yes. Mark Farnash is the man in the gorilla suit. That is true. That's that true. is very true. That is true. Um, yep, yep, yep. And uh, Aaron Arena is the man we all pray never, ever get superpowers. Yeah, also true. Also true. Mm. Uh, our bartender uh, was Maximilian, oh. and our uh, our bouncer's part. Yeah. Yes, our our guest bartender for the for the night uh, was uh, Ben Cooper. Nice. That's that. That explains the. Uh, the plasticky taste of these drinks. <laughs> Child sweat and plastic. Uh, I uh, yeah, I, I I brought the cup to my uh, mouth and the handle broke. Uh, I don't know what happened. And remember, folks, we are werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> happy um, Halloween, everybody! Yes, happy Halloween. Night. Happy Halloween, and remember, Red Skull lives. Sorry, that was that a- was a <laughs> <laughs>
was a wonderful rambling credit scene. What a f***ing train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful. I loved it. Well, it was a fascinating train wreck. I mean, it's a train wreck where you realize, oh, this is a clown car, uh, a circus train wreck. And the, the giraffes are on fire, and uh, the unicycles are uh, rolling down the uh, tracks now. Oh. It's that kind of train wreck. It's the train wreck you want to watch, not the train wreck you, can't, you have to look away from. Oh, this wasn't the Widows and Orphans train wreck.